Welcome to The Trauma Room, a podcast that triggers. We will discuss all things traumatic here, mental health disorders, movies, TV shows, love, life, etc. Will the topics trigger some? Of course they will, but to get past the trauma, you will have to get to the room. Thanks for listening. Hey guys, thanks for listening to another episode of The Trauma Room. So today's topic is how to protect yourself from someone that is a narc. So there's three different areas I want to talk about. Uh, Indifference, gray rock, and no contact. So the first is indifference, and that's where like after you don't talk to them, or even if you're still talking to them, where you don't show any concern or that much emotion really because any type of emotion you show them they will use to misconstrue to what they want to hear where they will just make it seem like you said something totally different than what you did so one example is where if you say hey I'm just giving you the answer to your question, they will be like, well, that's not, you're not really saying that you really mean something else. And so you have to show indifference, like no, no emotion at all. And when you're talking to a healthy person or someone that doesn't have narcissism, you can, you know, talk to them about your feelings about the issues by conflict resolution or resolving conflict or, you know, conveying how you feel about the miscommunication. Uh, Not with a narc. With a knock, explaining how things make you feel will only make it worse. Instead, that person will not understand your perspective but come up with a whole different perspective that changes the information about your feelings and uses them against you to where they say, oh, you're too emotional, oh, you're too sensitive, oh, you're irrational. A perfect example of this is where I was talking to someone that's a narc, which I should have been on no contact, but... For some silly reason, because I hadn't talked to this person in a bajillion years, I thought that it was okay to talk to them like a human being. I didn't recognize that they were still a narc, or I just thought like, oh, surely I could talk to them now as a person, but that was a lie. So I tried to talk to them as a person over email, and everything I said got misconstrued. For example... I was at a concert and this person was also at the concert. So the way it goes is I was at the concert. I was already in there minding my own business. The person apparently comes in and I did not see them. I don't remember seeing them or whatever. I just remember all of a sudden... The person is like right there in my face. I remember maybe I looked at the door because I heard someone like yelling when the concert wasn't starting. But 
the point uh, is that they were right there in my face all of a sudden. And I didn't say anything to them. I didn't say anything because I was like, I haven't seen this person in like literally forever. And this person is someone that has caused me PTSD. And I'm not going to engage with them because that's clearly no a no contact situation. So they kept circling and circling until they finally came up and, and spoke to me. And it was where, you know, I just was like, okay, answering their questions. How are you? How's your parents? Blah, blah, blah. And so that was the end of it. So the next year, I thought like, hey, I saw this person. Maybe I could be nice. I'm just going to say happy birthday because their birthday is in a similar time as mine. So I reach out, I say happy birthday, and they come back with, oh, you saw me first at the concert. You you were rude. You didn't say anything to me. I had to say something to you first. You should have spoke to me first. Then when I spoke to you, you were froze like a child, like you did something wrong. And it's like, no, I was just at a concert, you randomly start sharking me. <laughs> and then it's like, of course I saw you as you were circling around me back and forth. I'm not saying anything because you're a narc that I am on no, no contact with. And when I, you do force it upon yourself to come talk to me, the concert has already started, so I can't even really hear what you're saying. I'm not trying to pay attention to what they're saying because I'm trying to enjoy this concert. So I say that as an example to be like, they just saw what they wanted to see. And so wolf dealing with a narc, like how to protect yourself, do not disclose any personal feelings or any interactions with them they will distort this information and use it against you in the future which is what they did they did exactly that the goal of a narc is to evoke emotion by doing backhanded compliments or highly critical statements or comments and demands instead of communicating in a respectful way don't take the bait it is impossible sometimes to avoid feelings in situations, try not to show it. Appear indifferent and unaffected. And that's the thing that was just hard because once all I did was say happy birthday, then they came at me like this, this, this. But then before I could even respond, they came with, thanks so much for saying happy birthday to me. I really appreciate it. I really needed that. And it's like, okay, which is it? And so then... When I let the emotions get to me, I respond by being like, well, these are the reasons why I didn't see you first and I couldn't hear over the concert. And it's like, why am I justifying this foolishness just to give them more fuel to flame against me? Two things are likely to happen when they can't get a rise out of you. They will either ante up the the fire Oh, they give up because they can't get to you. If they ante it up, they probably will cross a line, which will definitely force you to not be indifferent, but to go probably off. And it's just so hard to appear indifferent 
because they make you want to respond because it's like they're interrogating you and then they're trying to make it seem they're still gaslighting you. So that's that's a crazy thing too. They still are gaslighting you. And it's like I tried to have a normal reconciliation conversation with them, but everything kept going back to either past traumatic events that happened 20 some years ago or it just went to a point where it's like this is not getting anywhere. And so then I finally was like this is through email like if you just want to sit down and talk, we can talk about this and just get this resolved. Which, why did I say that? I said talk in the middle of the day. This person came back and was like, I don't want to have dinner with you. That's that's not what I said. I literally said, 2 p.m., meet me at a coffee shop. Like, And they took it as, oh, you're trying to get with me. And it's like, no, I'm just trying to resolve this in person instead of email because email is getting ridiculous. But you can't, you can't, you can't do anything. You can't, don't, don't refer to anything personal with them because they just keep using it as words against you. Just generally reflect the negative behavior. Like you seem to be communicating unprofessionally or... This conversation has taken a turn. We could talk about this later, which is what I was trying to do. And then be assertive, but not emotional. And generally reflect about their unprofessionalism or bad behaviors. This will usually set them in a rage. It's just really hard to stay calm. But another part of how to protect yourself with a narc is to just not only just be indifferent but go full no contact like no contact at all and when I say no contact that means no contact ever and they will they will blow up (laughs) they will be horrified at you going no contact. So the no contact is where you go not no contact, like for months, years, however long it takes. Like people with attention seeking self-absorbent arrogance, if you go no contact, they will not know what to do. They normally present themselves, you know, as a shining armor, but once you go no contact, they don't know what to do at all. And it, it hurts them because they can't use you as a supply. And once they can't use the, you as a supply, they just, they feel all out of sorts. And they they just don't know what to do. And it is, it's very hard to go like no contact. Especially like if the wounds are fresh. I would say <laughs> with my uh, narc that, I was dealing with, it was so bad where I would literally change my phone number every two years because I was going no contact with them. And get this, this was at a time when like narcissistic information was not like as prevalent or known. So me going no contact wasn't me knowing 
that it was called no contact. I was just trying to figure out how to survive. So my survival was like going no contact. So I would change my number every two years. And then that's when either a year and a half into it or when two years were close, they would send me the infamous email of, hey, I'm just checking on you. You know, God has worked on me. I feel like God has worked on your spirit as well. I feel like it's a time for us to be back together. And then my empathic, foolish self will be like, okay, here's my phone number. And then a while would go by where love bombing would happen. The cycle of narcissistic abuse would happen again. And then I would get discarded again. Well, you just haven't grown in the way I thought God has grown you. You still need time to grow. You still need time to become the woman of God, the woman who God wants you to be. Which is crazy because it's like you don't get with people that are perfect. You don't be like, okay, God has took you out the oven. You're like the best saint ever. Here you go. It's time for me to be with you. You're with unperfect people because you're unperfect. So for that person to be like, okay, here, you're not ready. Like, who's telling you that? And who are you to tell me I'm not ready? It's just very dehumanizing. And I would fall for the trap almost every time. I remember the last time, no contact. It was literally like six years. And then out of the blue, hey, just checking on you. Where did this come from? Like, really where? I know where it came from, but here's some mistakes that people do, like when they go no contact. Part of the mistakes that you do is going no contact and then not giving it time, not giving it time to, to like resonate because you have a traumatic bond with this person. It's like, no contact is like if you were an alcoholic and you just gave up alcohol like the the day the day after like you said you know what I'm not going to drink alcohol starting tomorrow and then you you didn't if you're addicted to drugs and you're like I'm going to just go cold turkey and not do drugs tomorrow it's really hard to go no contact because you still yearn for that soul tie that you have with the person. And then you will get the shakes and get all this other stuff like I need to contact them. And it's like you really you really don't. You really don't. And so it's it's so hard to go no contact. <sighs> Once again, I'm going to bring up the movie Twilight, which these are like I would say somewhat extreme examples, but they have happened in real life. One scene is where Twilight New Moon, Edward leaves town because it's more safe for him to leave to than to be with Bella. And this girl totally loses it. She like has a nervous breakdown. So that was kind of no contact on like his part. But the example I'm using is like she's like laying in her bed and she's like screaming constantly. Like screaming every night because she can't hear from him. And the crazy thing with no contact is like if you're the person that did no contact, it makes you feel that way. Like when I did no contact, I was like, 
especially like one time, like when I broke up with the narc, like I broke up with them. I started to no contact and I felt like they had broke up with me and entered my world. And it's like, but didn't you break up with them? Yes. Then why do you feel so worthless? Because it's my fault. And it's like, it's not your fault. You were doing what you needed to do and you, you should continue to do this. Like it's not, it's not your, it's not your fault. It is no contact is most the best way to escape escape someone with narcissism. However, it's not as easy as just blocking the number. It's not as easy as just you know blocking them. It's it's not that easy. It's not that easy at all, and it's it's not that easy. <laughs> and a narcissist definitely will feel bad when you move on, but. So even if you have moved on and then you still like have no contact and then years later they find you or you talk to them, that you still should be no contact. No contact. Hear me when I say this. No contact should be forever. Like you should never have contact with them again. Like even if you get married, have kids, have grandkids, those people have kids, like no contact should be forever. Because even if you're trying to be nice, they will probably be like, oh, you're talking to me and you have a husband, then you're trying to cheat on them. And it's like, no, I was just being a human saying hello because, you know, whatever reason, maybe you bumped into them or maybe they contacted you after 30 years or something like that. It's like they will construe that. They'd be like, oh, after all this time, you still love me. You still want to be with me. And it's like, no, I just ran into you at the grocery store and I said hello. And then if you don't say hello, you'll get an email. Oh, I saw you at the grocery store and you saw me first and you didn't say hello. So that was rude. It's like, how are you trying to gaslight someone after like 20 years? But it's true. It's, It's true. It still happens. The no contact is so, it's so important on recovery because contact with someone like that always is painful. Like no contact is so good for you to heal emotionally during this mental angst that you're probably going through. The next part on how to protect yourself is grave rocking a narcissist, meaning that you become uninterested or unresponsive which your objective is to make someone lose interest in you you don't feed their needs or drama so this is different than no contact where you would just be like no I'm not doing this anymore get away from me also with no contact the narc can do it to you as well if they feel like they're not getting a supply from you if the narc no contacts you that's a good thing you should run with that and you should be like, thank you for no contacting me. You shouldn't be like, oh my gosh, I did something wrong. But gray rocking is where basically <laughs> you just become a ghost in the relationship where you're still in the relationship, but you become a ghost. It's like you're not really there and you're just waiting until they realize like you've ghosted them inside the relationship And either you finally break it off or they finally just break it off. Like, you know, they feel like you're not loving them anymore 
or not paying attention. You don't do anything with them anymore. And it's total disengagement. And you don't show any emotion. Don't say anything interesting. Don't become personal. You limit your answers to maybe or I don't know. You don't supply them anything. Doing the Grey Rock Method will make you seem so boring to the other person that they have to look somewhere else for their supply. Even if, you know, they accuse you of something, don't say anything. Don't say you're right or don't disagree with them. Just be nonchalant about it. Your non-resistance makes it harder for them to project on you. It's like you're just becoming a rock. And that's the thing, like, especially with, like, gray rocking is where they don't have anything to project onto. And that's the thing, like, when you try to, like, have a normal conversation with a narc and you say anything you say, they will turn it back around and project their real feelings onto you. But if you go gray rock and you're just a rock, they don't have anything to bounce off of you because you're not saying anything. So if you can't go no contact at first, the next best step is to go gray rock and just just be rock. Just be stone. Just be, you know, I'm here, but I'm not here. There is a risk to this because it does make you walk on eggshells for a while, but because you're suppressing your your thoughts and feelings, but at the same time, you risk alienating your real self. And this can be traumatic because, you know, you can become depressed and withdraw from other relationships as well. So if you do this method, make sure you have an exit plan and also make sure you're not gray rocking everyone. Because <laughs> if you start gray rocking everyone, then, then you may start to go into a, a depressive state. But it's it's a tactic that does help. And that's definitely gray rocking is more of when you can't necessarily get out of the relationship right away. It's a way where you can, you know, start to deep rock so they can like get you. You could get out whenever you can. But it is very risky to do that long term because then you may start to like actually become depressed and actually not have any feelings or emotions or anything or like in my case like when I was possibly gray rocking I like pretended to agree with them which I guess I didn't do gray rocking necessarily the way you're supposed to where it's the stone face I just would like agree with them and pretend to agree with them or I would just walk on eggshells or I would do where it was like, I don't have anything to say. Like, it was so many times where I was like, they would ask me, like, something. And I'd be like, I don't have anything to say. It's like, okay, well, good day. But what I would say, like, I would say no contact is still the best outcome. No contact is still the best outcome, even though that's just hard because, you know, it's just hard. Especially if, like... You're married to the person or whatever. That's definitely hard. So I don't want to say like, actually, I will say if you're in like a abusive relationship, definitely look for an exit plan. Look for a way to get out. Look for a way to get out 
if you can. And also, you know, while you're in it, look at narcissistic abusive recovery programs or narcissistic abuse recovery programs or just find like it's so many things now that definitely were not there when I was dealing with it where you can just talk to people that have the same experiences as you and know that it's people out there that are dealing with the same thing that can help you get out of the situation and that's the thing like that's like the only three ways I feel like you can protect yourself because staying in the relationship you're you're going to not be yourself. You're going to walk on eggshells, not know who you are as a person, and just come to the point of, like, you don't know who you are. And so I know for me, definitely when, like, I fully, truly get out, even the, like, years in between where I would get out, I felt so better. Like, it was weird. Like, as soon as I got out, I felt like I could be myself. I could be creative. I could be the TK I am. And so I didn't feel that way in a relationship. I felt like I had to be an empty shell of myself because everything was programmed to be a certain way. So it's not easy to stay in and it's not easy to stay to get out either but I will say once you get out you will definitely feel better about yourself as a person and you can you know find your identity again once again thanks for listening to the trauma room a podcast that triggers the next patient will be seen shortly